1: Hello and welcome back to India on 99.94, your home of Indian cricket content with me, your host, Nikesh Raghani, BBC and SEN commentator alongside Wisdom's finest, Sara Waris, as always. And uh, Sara, today we've got a bit of a, a women's Premier League special. That's the official name given to it. Um, I mean, look, we've been talking about it for for a very long time, been urging the BCCI to make this happen and finally, it's it's not a women's IPL. There's no I in it. It's just the women's Premier League. First and foremost, what do you make of that?
0: In a way, it's good. You know, BCCI have understood that uh, it can be a brand of its own without you know, piggybacking on the men's IPL, which they have done in the T20 Challenge in the last few years. So this is a good step. You know, It has a brand of its own, plus the fact that uh, all the other Teams, uh, not all teams are IPL based teams, so it made sense to not have the uh, Indian Premier League tag associated with it. And just the fact that, no, it's a different brand, it's something different, you won't associate it with the men's IPL, there won't be any. unnecessary comparisons you know men's ipl doing this and women's ipl this and that it's a whole new league a whole new brand and we've been talking about it for years i still think it's at least 2 or 3 years late should have happened in 2019 2020 with the pandemic and all but it should have happened way earlier but uh, it's the start of a new chapter and hopefully this is the start of something greater for women cricketers um and just a victory for the past cricketers, you know, who just played just for passion without knowing what the future holds, without knowing when, where or when their next paycheck paycheck will come. So this is just a victory for all the past players and um, a historic day for women cricket and women sports fans.
1: Absolutely. And look, there, there is that distinction between the women's Premier League, I suppose in a way it's It's a bit of a statement from the BCCI as well. This is not just an Indian thing. This is the Women's Premier League globally. This Mm -hmm. is the one, the biggest one, the one that's, you know, got all these hundreds of millions of of dollars invested into it already. And and let's talk about that as well. So it's like, what, more than $450 million that the the, the franchises went for Mm -hmm. in total, um, there is some IPL involvement in terms of the owners of, of the franchises, the successful bidders. That there, there are links to the IPL as well. And, and then there are some non-links as well. So five franchises bought. Um, Maybe a good idea, Sara, for, for you to just tell us which which cities have, have gone.
0: There's Ahmedabad, there's Mumbai, there is Delhi, RCB, um, RCB as in Bangalore and Lucknow, uh, Mumbai, is owned by Mumbai Indians, uh, uh, Bangalore by RCB and Delhi by De- Delhi Capitals. The two, two new stakeholders are uh, Gujarat is bought by the Adani Group and Lucknow by some other group. I'm not very sure, Capri Gobal or something. Well, I'm the not the sure Adani Group, that's interesting, isn't it? With. Because yeah.
1: they own the Gujarat titans Hmm. but they've decided
0: actually they don't I think
1: I thought they did I thought they did because they
0: even I thought they did but actually they don't I later it became clearer uh, to me there are three teams IPL teams which is RCB Delhi and Mumbai Indians involved Uh, even I was shocked I thought that actually Adani on Gujarat titans so yeah
1: well I think there's a bit of confusion about this because the company that bid for the yeah. women's Premier League team is associated with the company that owns the Gujarat Titan. It's it's all quite con- there there is a link there, but basically yeah, they've decided to link, remove but, the link with yeah. the name as well because they're gonna be called the Gujarat mm-hmm. Giants. Um so it's yeah. basically Adani he he loves this giants, super giants, all that kind of stuff, doesn't he? So he's he's gone back to Giants for the chat giants. So there will be RCB. Are, are we are we told they'll just be RCB? Women's RCB, you know, RCB women or whatever it is. They'll they will be called the Royal Challengers Bangalore. They will be called the Mumbai Indians. They will be called the Delhi Capitals. Is that certain?
0: Oh, uh, I don't think it's clear as of yet because The teams have just been bought and they will take some time to come up with names and the whole jerseys and all that. But what's interesting for RCB is that, um, you know, according to reports in ESPN, they actually held back investments in overseas leagues to own a women's IPL team. So they don't have leagues in any of the other uh, you know, tournaments, SA20 or the CPL or even the IL20, which the other teams do have. So they actually held back uh, investing in those leagues just to own a women's IPL team, which is uh, really applaudable because they were so keen to go the distance and, you know, have a women's team. And they were the, f- I don't know if you've seen that ad, they had actually championed for having a mixed uh. uh IPL game or something, you know, where they wanted the women's and the men's teams playing together, uh, playing a match together. The BCCI didn't really give the clearance for that for whatever reasons. But so they've been vocal about how women women's cricket in the past. And even KKR, I'm disappointed that they don't have a team. But they bid for all 10 cities which were in the fray. So they missed out narrowly. I think if there were six teams, then KKR could have been the sixth team. But KKR also, you know, they bid for all 10 teams. So the interest was uh, there from all teams. And just one question here for you, that do you think uh, extending, like having women IPL teams, you know, like a KKR or... um. Chennai, Super Kings, would have been better in terms of getting the fans engaged also? Or do you think having this own separate identity with separate teams is the right way, just, just purely based on you know getting the fans to support um, the women's team?
1: Yeah, I think, look, it ideally, it would have gone down that route of every franchise that is owned currently in the IPL, would have a women's team as well. But then, you know, you'd have to expand it to to 10 teams and they want to start off with five. They want to start off small and you can understand in a way why. Um, but just looking at the amount of interest that was there, the amount of bids that mm-hmm. came in for these franchises, the amount of money they went for as well, I, I think they probably could have done ten and and in fact i gave you that figure before is actually more than 450 million pounds not dollars yeah. uh, cumulatively yeah. that they were sold for so look it obviously look the ipl came in in 2008 and and these franchises have gone for a lot more than what those initial franchises went for but obviously t20 wasn't you know as popular in india as it is now and and we can understand why those increases have taken place. But nonetheless, that's still a great headline for women's sports. So I think the interest was there, certainly from franchise owners. It's whether or not the quality of the competition may have been diluted a touch with 10 teams rather than just the five. Um, Who knows? But that was the ideal plan. But look, this is here. We've got to go with it. And it's great to see that there's been so much support from around the world, a lot of women's cricketers from from England. I've seen, you know, friends of mine, colleagues of mine, who who currently still play, tweeting uh, their support. I mean, obviously, look, you know, they're, they're after contracts at the end of the day as well, so um, you know, you can understand the extra enthusiasm uh, from the women's players around the world. But it's just great that they've got an opportunity. I mean, you know, you've got players perhaps coming towards the end of their careers and they haven't earned that much money compared to other sports people around the world from their long careers so far. And this is a chance for for a payday and for the younger cricketers as well. It's just completely shifting the landscape as well. So the amount of money on offer and, and the opportunities that this creates for not only international players, but obviously young players in India, current players in the Indian uh, national setup as well, it's just fantastic and it's it's going to put them on a more level footing with the men's game now isn't it
0: yeah definitely and uh, just another number on the total net worth of it approximately i am not very sure of the conversion and all but it's approximately 500 more than 500 550 million pa- um, dollars in total and uh, making already making it the Uh, second most um, uh, expensive women's league after the uh, women's NBA. And, you know, this is without a ball being bowled. And this is without, you know, advertisements are yet to come in, you know, sponsors are yet to come in. And it could already become a a league worth 1 billion. You never know before the league even starts, before a ball is even bowled. So it's already making it... uh, so like so hyped it's already so hyped and another thing is that it shows that women's sports can be a money-making venture this is something which the bcci was so against uh, they were unsure you know whether it could get in that money if viewers would be interested but the fact that you know adani and Ambani, which is already in forbes are listed as the most uh, expensive uh most uh richest Indians or whatever, they are on that list already. They have invested sums of money, like Adani has invested 1000 crores in buying this, um, buying the Ahmedabad team and uh, Ambani, the Ambani group, which is owned by uh, Mumbai Indians. They are the owners of Mumbai Indians. They've spent close to 900 crores or something, which is not a small sum. It's like, can't even ever think of owning that much, having that much money. Uh so it shows that you know this this is this has great potential because these are very uh, clever businessmen. They won't just throw their money in something which they know will not uh, have profit. So it's just they know that this is a great money making venture. And again, the question that why did the BCCI take so long to just uh, start this league? Maybe they were uncertain and there were all these comments from saurav Gangli also initially that they don't have the women's talent, they don't have the talent pool there were comments from bini just a few days ago Roger bini, he said that you know we never expected women's cricket to grow to this extent which it has which is such a shocking comment you know on the day that uh, these teams were sold for such a, so for such a huge sum on the day he is like you know it's such a because we never expected this to happen so it's just that the BCCI weren't interested in promoting women's cricket, but the interest was always there. And the women players just kept on you know, making statements that we are here and this is serious. Just uh, give it to us and we'll do even better. And finally, the BCCI has relented. And this is a, such a slap on the BCCI's faces, if I can use those words and just be a little harsh about it, because it's... It's just like you you didn't believe in us, you didn't believe in them, but it's here now and, you know, the numbers are here. This is not adding the media rights. Media rights were sold for a huge sum as well. So um, another big, a historic day overall. Yeah,
1: Absolutely. And I think we should talk more BCCI and, and the involvement in it, uh, but we'll just take a short break and discuss it on the other side.
0: I'm Jared Kimber and I host two podcasts on 99.94. Red Inca, which is chats on trends and stories within the game with a weekly Q&A where I can be asked about anything from a time-travelling Don Bradman to which cricket ground serves the best food. And Double Century, I look at the historical stories that make cricket what it is today. You can search for either of them in your favourite podcast
1: platform or on the 99.94 DM app. So the BCCI then, you're right, Roger Binney's comments. I mean... Yeah, on the day that this happened and, and yeah. he and he says something like that. Ridiculous, got got quite a bit of stick for that, um, rightly so as well. I, I think Jay Shah is a brilliant politician and and he played it just right. And he's played this in recent times, he's played it so well in terms of yeah. the PR and, and the way he's sort of put things out there from his own personal Twitter and he knows what he's doing in these things, and, and he's done it well. And, and it shows because everyone, whether it be former players, current players, commentators, journalists, fans, they're all quote-tweeting him. And I know it's not about numbers and likes on Twitter and quote-tweets, and all, but he was getting all the credit. He's the honorary secretary of the BCCI. He's not the president. And it was quite interesting that there were a couple of people... There was a. I won't name this guy because he's he's a friend and and a, a retired journalist who sort of replied to somebody and said, "You do realise that?" And th- he replied to somebody quite high profile and said, "You do realise that Jay Shah is not the president. We do have a president. His name is Roger Binney. But if you've got a president making stupid comments like that on the day mm. that this happens, then you know people are just gonna." just ignore everything that he's got to say about this and and just go with Jay Shah and and give him the credit and probably rightly so in a way because he looks to be more the driving force behind this, certainly in recent times, Mm. and credit must go to him for that. And um, yeah, it's just, it has been a mess, but I think he has certainly now taken it in the right direction and knows the opportunity that's there for both the BCCI and Uh, Women's cricket in India as well. I just don't think the whole of the BCCI still gets that, and that is shown Mm. with those comments from Roger Binney I I suppose another slap in the face, as you put it, would be for the tournament to be a huge success and and make Mm. loads of money, get loads of viewership all across the world, bring loads of loads more women and young girls wanting to play cricket in India, and and the standard improving quickly in the, in the first year first two years of the competition that would be the ultimate wouldn't it and then there would certainly be no more question marks
0: <laughs> yeah I, definitely and one more thing you missed out about Jaisha was that uh about the pay quality thing also he was the one who tweeted it yeah. and he was the one who was getting a lot of praise for it and all When. And- It should have been a whole BCCI's decision and the president should ideally have tweeted that out. But um, anyway, good for him, good for the BCCI at least for once, you know, let's just say they've done a good job with it or uh, at least it's in force, it's in motion, that's the least that we expected them and that's been the case. But. Another thing which I was thinking about is do you think the India-Australia series recently played a huge role in the huge numbers and the media rights and uh, because from what it seems like now looking back, it's like the BCC weren't really keen not keen, they weren't really um, expecting a huge turnout for those series. also. You know, the tickets were free uh, for everyone. Obviously, the marketing was rubbish and um, Star Sports also, they didn't have the pre-match show, post-match show, they didn't have a mid-innings show, any of that sort, which is, you don't expect any better from them. But, you know, the fans turned out in huge numbers and it's the fans, you know, could have, you know, put out a statement that we are here for it, we are interested in this thing. And the hot star numbers just soared and... Uh, the quality of cricket was exceptional as well. So there's that, to, uh, there's that to add to it, plus Australia team. And, you know, all the big players, Mandana, Richard Ghosh, Shafali, they all did very well, Dipti Sharma. So uh, do you think, because soon after that was the media rise, you know, that tender bidding auction, whatever the technical term is, uh, do you think that series played a huge role in showing the people... Uh, the media and the organizations who are bidding for the media rights that, you know, okay, there is a huge audience for women's cricket also and we should go for it. And that in turn, with the media rights going for such a large sum, that in turn showed these franchises that, okay, it's a serious venture. So do, what role do you see now that India, Australia, just one series, could have played um, in, you know, kickstarting and getting in the huge sums for um the Women's Premier
1: League. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, certainly in terms of the the money that was paid, because it looked as though the IPL, or the sorry, the Women's IPL, as it was called back then, and and now the WPL, will have to get used to saying it was always on the cards. They'd announced it. They said it was going to happen. They had some tentative dates, but it was almost like they're going to do it, but mm-hmm. their heart wasn't completely in it. The BCCI and and all the stakeholders. And then suddenly that series happens on home soil. And, and you're right, the interest was through the roof. We saw some brilliant cricket. Yes, Australia dominated the series overall in terms of the scoreline. Mm. But India did fight and, and compete with arguably the greatest cricket team that the planet has ever seen. It's yeah. As simple as that, really. And, and you know, it could have gone either way on a couple of occasions and a bit more maturity from India and the scoreline could have been very different. So. Yeah, absolutely. I I think in terms of the numbers, in terms of just also telling the authorities, the BCCI, that this, we are interested in it, like you say, and we are going to turn up for women's cricket. We do love these girls and and we're going to support our girls. And there were families who were bringing their daughters to matches, which I thought was fantastic. They were traveling from far and wide just to be a part of this series and, and support the Indian team. So. Yeah, it would have certainly had a big impact in terms of all that. And I suppose with it being Australia as well, just had that little mm-hmm. bit of extra uh, sort of star quality in terms of being able to see the Australian stars and and thinking what it would be like to see those Australian stars playing regularly in India, which they will now will do in the WPL. You can imagine they'll be the most sought-after players uh, out of all the overseas followed maybe by England uh, a couple of South Africans will be in there a couple of West Indians you know it, I assume they're going to go down the same route yeah. with no Pakistanis yeah, that's
0: unfortunate so yeah. no Pakistanis
1: playing yeah so yeah we won't see any of them uh, as is the case in the IPL that's no surprise really but you know maybe that'll change one day but you know in, in terms of the overseas players yeah the Australians will be the most sought after and And they've seen them up close and and personal and and they want to see more. And and I think the appetite is there. It was shown to be there. And that's why it is as as big as it is. In terms of the players, though, we'll discuss a little bit more after, after this short break about which players we think will sort of come over from overseas and maybe one or two surprises from the Indian side as well. We'll join you in a moment. I'm Neil Manthorpe, one half of South Africa on 99.94 with Lungani Zama. We're covering the Rainbow Nation as it undergoes its biggest transition since readmission. We cover every part of the South African game on 99.94 and you can hear us several times a week
0: where you find your podcasts or on YouTube.
1: So from the Australia side, are we we expecting big numbers like... You know, they can have, what, four overseas, same rules per I think five. playing 11? I
0: think five is enough. Per around. playing
1: 11, is that?
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, those are the reports. So,
1: no. Okay, so they could probably have five in the playing 11 and then maybe six, seven in the squad if they wanted to. So there's room for, for a lot of Aussies. Do you do you think they're just going to take the whole squad?
0: Definitely. I would I be surprised if most of the Aussies don't make it. Obviously, they will. Uh, th- though, f- all teams have an auction price, uh, auction budget of around 12 crores, so, which obviously, you know, the some Ben Stokes and all have gone for is more than that. They've gone for 19 crores and all uh, in the recent men's auction. And 12 crores is the overall purse for building a squad. Seems a small amount, but overall, when you look at it, uh, you know, these women cricketers won't have seen those amount of sums baby ever in their life and they're going to become one of the richest women sportsmen, uh, sports people uh, in the world currently, which is another um, huge achievement for them. And this also... Uh, Oh, shifting from your point, uh, drifting away from your point a little bit, but this will in turn just help the grassroots level also. You know, ju- if you just see the whole um, effect that this league is going to have, it's like there will be a, a decent amount of associate players. I'm not sure what the exact rule is, but we will see a lot of associate players also in action, and the boards are expected to get a little. Uh, other boards uh, like the England board and Australia board for all players who are playing the WPL, I think they'll get a certain amount of money also. So, for the NOC certificate and all that. So, this is going to just. Um, help them in turn also and just overall help in improving women's cricket. And yeah, you are right, you know, just removing the Indian from the fact just makes it the women's Premier League in the world. And the the money that is coming in could have such an effect on not only the Indian players, but the global players also, the so many players recently have taken retirements because, yeah, this this sport doesn't pay a lot. And even in the uh, South Africa uh, women versus India women, uh, the tri-series which is going on, we're seeing the broadcast levels are, are pathetic, you know, there is no DRS in place and it's probably just a youtube you know people are shooting it on youtube and streaming it um streaming it online that's how bad the camera quality is and everything and just just the small things is going to overall help in improving the game overall so much, making viewership experience so much better. And now coming back to your point, yeah, the Australians, as usual, they'll be in high demand. They are always in high demand, even in the men's IPL, though I don't remember a lot of Australians doing that well in the men's IPL. Uh, But they are always in demand, and women's IPL, you can expect them to just... um, be in high demand. The England players will be in demand. Even the West Indian players, I would say. Um, one person I'm really interested for. I've I've spoken about her before. Is Indians uh, India's Kiran Navgire. Like uh, she's been, uh, she has impressed me a lot with her power hitting skills and everything we've seen in the T Twenty Challenge. That she has a lot of power in domestic cricket. She's not been given a long rope and. This is just an opportunity for, you know, all these people who have been around the circuit but not really got in a call-up to the Indian team uh, to make a mark there. And even the under-19 players, you know, India have reached the finals of the under-19 World Cup, the T20 World Cup, so a lot of players from there also could make it big.
1: Two of them, Will, weren't they? (laughs) Shafali and Richa. (laughs) who are part of that under 19 team so not surprising to see them doing well but we wish them uh, all the best down there. Um, Women's T20 World Cup coming up as well so uh, there's lots on the horizon and just before we go I want to touch on a couple of maybe surprise names from from India that that might be making a comeback. Mithali Raj has, has been talked about we don't know for sure whether she's Put her name whether she's registered, but I think she's interested. I mean, th- this was what we talked about that Mitali Raj and Julan Goswami deserved mm. to play in a premier T20 competition on home soil, such as the Women's Premier League. And they're both retired now. Well, Julan is yeah. technically just retired from internationals, or, you know, I don't think she's announced full retirement, but basically, we've seen it as they're both retired from all forms of cricket. We were wondering if this is going to be a tempter. We didn't hear anything until recently <laughs> that Mitali certainly is is interested. Well, what do you make of that? I mean, it's not her best format. She's a legend across ODIs and tests. Did a good job in T20s in her prime, but it's not her best format. She's getting on a bit. She hasn't played for a while. What do you make of that? Do you think she just deserves that final payday? Uh,
0: she. Personally speaking, I won't be very impressed if she makes a comeback because you know this is uh, she's done her bit. This uh, this uh, woman's Premier League is a lot. Her achievements have got a lot to do with you know seeing this league, seeing the uh, light of day, and it'll just be holding up a spot and uh, going backwards, so to say. Uh, you know this league is just for it should be a league for young upcoming youngsters and the way forward so it's just going to hold up a spot for a uh, maybe a more talented player in there and um, yeah I-, I won't be really happy if she you know makes a comeback just to uh, she deserves it obviously she should have played earlier as you said but uh, Somehow I won't be very impressed if she makes a comeback. Suddenly decides to make a comeback for it. Uh, and just one quick question, like prediction: Who do you think is going to be the most expensive player?
1: Just before we get into that, it's I think Jilan Goswami, by the way, could still do a job.
0: Yeah, Jhulan Gosw- Goswami. Brilliant. Yeah, um, she will yeah, be brilliant. Yeah,
1: she, You know, yeah. if if I was bidding and she, and she was involved, she'd she'd go for a lot of money.
0: Yeah.
1: Who will go for the most money? Well, it's it's obviously. I reckon gonna be a foreign player, maybe.
0: I'd say Smriti Mandana because think? she's going to be the captain. I think Mumbai will buy her and she'll be the captain and she's number eighteen and you know we can finally have these social media posts that finally a number eighteen wins and <laughs> here. So, so All right. <laughs> yeah.
1: Out of the Indians, Smithy definitely top of the list. Um, Harun Preet mm-hmm. will go for, for a fair bit of money. Um, yeah, Shafali, I, I think, will be sought after just because of her Richard skills. Richa Ghosh for similar reasons as well. Um, Renika Singh as well. Um, from domestic bowlers in terms of overseas, I mean, they, you could pick any one of a number of like six or seven Australians. I think just for the star factor and, and the star power and the fact that she's now starting to. Regained some T20 form as well. She was out of the T20 side for a long time. She's back. She's she's the poster girl of Australian cricket and has been for for Mm -hmm. so long. Elise Perry, I I think.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, just in terms of the marketability of somebody like an Elise Perry, I think she'll be right up there. I I don't know. I I think maybe out of the overseas Mm -hmm. players, she might go for the most. She's an all rounder, of course. And as I say, she's, she's gaining that T20 form back. Um, other players from overseas, Deandra Dottin, maybe. Yeah. We'll, we'll go for a lot of money. Um, Marizane Kapp. Who
0: would be the most expensive England player, you
1: think? England. Interesting. I mean, they've, they've got loads. Alice, Alice Cappsie, yeah. um, Who's who's been scoring a lot of runs, um, has won the 100, of course. You know, maybe somebody like her, maybe somebody, you know, Heather Knight will, will be involved in some way or another. Maybe, you know, if, if a team's looking for a captain who can bat at the top of the order as well, she she could be an option. Um, you know, there, there's a long list, really. Sophia Dunkley's another exciting young cricketer who, you know, is, is really sought after by, uh, was sought after by the 100 franchises before that competition started as well. So there, there's there's quite a few. I know that um, my commentary colleague at the BBC, Alex Hartley, who does still play in the 100, doesn't play for England anymore, but did win the World Cup with England, As she likes to remind people. Big RCB fans. So she's basically pleading RCB (laughs) to sign her. I don't don't know if if she knows anybody at the franchise or anything like that, but I just tweeted back at her saying it'd be funny if, if you got bought by Lucknow now. Because she's quote tweeting RCB <laughs> yeah. all the time. Oh, it's brilliant! You're involved in the uh, Women's Premier League. This is great, RCB. This RCB posting pictures with her RCB shirt on, and then she gets bought by Lucknow and has to wear those horrible pajama-looking kits. That that'll be interesting. Yeah. So yeah, look, there there could be one or two like that who have kind of fallen off the international circuit who get an opportunity, which yeah. which is great. Um, so we'll wait and see. Yeah. Um, but yeah,
0: just one thing before we uh, finish this off. Uh, the I'm not very sure when the auctions are, but the Women's T20 World Cup is in February, and how important is that uh, tournament going to be then? Because the auction could be just um, around the same time or a week before, after that after the tournament starts. So the league, uh, the World Cup is going to be so important for all these, you know, players who are not that. Uh, Well-known, or you know, who don't have that kind of a craze, like the Perrys and all. So, the that league, uh, the World Cup is going to be so important, and players will realize that you know there is so much more at stake now, and not only the World Cup is the biggest thing, but there is so a lot more at stake, and that it's going to be so important to just have form in that league and show off. Because we've seen yeah. recently bias coming in in the men's. Uh, uh, IPL auctions in the past we've seen you know the BBL players getting huge sums of money and not really doing well so there is that factor also which uh, we shouldn't really oversee
1: it's funny isn't it that in this day and age a world cup is like an audition
0: yeah. for a
1: domestic league <laughs>
0: yeah. because of
1: the money involved hmm. it's uh it's crazy to think but yeah lots of lots of exciting times ahead Uh, for women's cricket on the calendar, including that T20 World Cup. And uh, then, of course, the the Women's Premier League, which we all look forward to. We'll bring you any updates and and any news on that as and when we get it in the build-up. And, of course, once the competition starts as well. Um, But for now, that's all we've got time for. Thanks for joining us and see you next time. Thanks for listening to India on 99.94, where we speak cricket every day. Please rate, review and subscribe wherever you enjoy your podcasts. You can download the 99.94 app and follow us on Twitter at Nikesh at Swaris16. Never miss out. Join our 24-7 conversation on social media and follow us at 9994DM. Cricket every day, your way.